Welcome back, everyone, to the Nerding Grounds podcast. This is a weekly show where we talk about video games and such. Uh, we are coming back. This is Quinn, joined by Matt, by the way. We're coming back this week with our second retrospective episode. If you tuned in last week, you would have seen us talk about Sonic Adventure for the Dreamcast. And uh, this week, which you can probably see by the thumbnail, we're going to be diving into another 98, late 90s classic. I say with air quotes, uh, Gex Enter the Gecko or Gex 64, depending on where you decided to play this little 3D platformer. Um, we will get there in due time. But before that, let's chat a little bit about what's been going on in our gaming ventures. Matt, anything you've been not a whole lot of nothing, right? Um, good, good, good. Season one of Diablo 4 dropped like early enough, but you know, you got to get those those monetizations really rolling, right? Season passes, Always. all that good stuff. Because, I mean, that's going to be in everything now, I guess. What Pre- good is a cow if you don't milk it? Yeah. Oh, and, and Blizzard is trying to milk that cow to death, right? gonna put some vaseline um, on those udders i'm sorry I, including i mean at this point i'm kind of like it's whatever you know it's always my stance is on paper live service model is good for both people right both parties good for the developers in the sense they can constantly get money good for the consumer because you get constant um quality updates on paper yeah <laughs> you know kind of it's basically this subscription model but it's voluntary you don't right. have to pay to but you know i mean a lot of games like i mean look at Fortnite. they kind of started this off uh i'm you know i mean they basically copied off of uh the asian market models right but they made it maybe a little slid as little scummy as possible you buy if you buy the season pass once, I mean, no, it's basically psychology, right? But you buy the you buy it once, you go through it all, you get enough to buy the season pass again. Of course, this is all designed to keep you playing, right? Because the longer you're playing, the more likely you are to buy other cosmetics and stuff like that, right? Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, Blizzard has opted to not even do that, you know? They'll give you some, at least on this one, Overwatch, it doesn't even have any free currency on it whatsoever. Uh, Diablo, they give you a little bit, but not enough to buy the next season pass. So that's kind of annoying. But, I mean, I guess we won't go into that any further than I already have. <laughs> uh you know, my overall impression of Diablo at this point, while it was positive to begin with, the game just feels like a very 7 out of 10, right? Maybe even a 6 out of 10, which is not good for Diablo. Not good for the franchise that started ARPGs as we know it, you know? Well, yeah, because I imagine if the only thing you get out of the experience is a campaign that took you know, 40 or so hours it's decent. in the yeah. context of Diablo. That's a waste. Yeah. Or it really, yeah, I mean, it really is. There's just, yeah. there's not, there's not enough depth. The, the, the issues that I was having from the, from first glance, the very get go turned out to be just, are seeming to be too big of an issue. Right. Mm, there's just, there's, there's not enough there for me or anybody really. But hey, uh, I, I have heard some rumblings of, oh, you know, once you hit the campaign, unless you want to just try out all the classes, there's not much to do unless you've bought into the season pass. And, you know, it's definitely something that I'm sure they could figure out and iron out in time because they, yeah, and they will like in time, it's going to be a great game. But yeah, well, presumably it's going to be. You would a hope game. so. Yeah, you would hope so. But <laughs> That does almost seem like a marketing strategy at this point. But like, well, yeah. let's water things down, get things to the bare minimum, so we have 
more than enough content each season to keep people coming back to play to buy the season pass to buy cosmetics and all that good stuff yeah yeah. which is just like there's so many things that just don't even don't even work i even said on this podcast that i felt like a lot of the skills were felt good but that was premature really because (laughs) they 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 actually don't right they well they don't mesh well together um which is a problem I think. Well, you've just crucified our credibility, so thank you. And well, you know, I'm man. so sorry, everyone. This it is takes a, a strong person to admit when they were wrong, and you know, when they I were wasn't fan, when they that were wasn't. Fanboys. That's not me. But <laughs> that's not me or anything. <laughs> I'm I... I'm 100 right all the time. <laughs> I just you know, typical white man. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully there comes to be a little more of an experience long term out of that. I'm um I'm certainly still just toiling away at uh at Final Fantasy 16, which is still yeah. a hell of a time. Um and I don't I don't know that I have too much new to say um at this point if I bring up stuff it's just you know, it's still really fun. The is it, is it still, still really good? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I doubt I, I was still um... like where the story's going. I was wondering how fighting wise, like the longevity of that, would it get tiring? Would it get <clears throat> monotonous? No, because you, so they're really smart about how you do the powers. Basically, it's in a giant grid. Right. And each of the icons you unlock. No sphere goes, grid, but. No, it doesn't like trail off and stuff, but it is. It is a bunch of skills that you can you can mix and match. And man, the sphere grid was a good system. It was good. It was good. And yeah. so where I'm at right now is I have four icons unlocked. Um, which I'll refrain from saying who they are because it is very spoilery. But each of those is a different um you you basically have like a stance that has skills in it. So right. you know, for instance, you start off with the Phoenix one. Um and then you get more and more as you go on. And they're all very different. They all bring a lot of different things to the table. The cool thing is you can upgrade those skills and max them out to move them to any spot that you want. So if you have like a a flame attack that you, you like, but you don't necessarily want it in this stance, you just you can upgrade it and then move it over to another stance. And it might complement a different power better because essentially... You're you're doing hack and slash combat, and uh, parries and dodges, waiting for your skills to proc so you can unleash them. And so I have a really good thing of, um, you know, this is my stance I use to raise stagger. And then once I raise stagger, I have this you know, very muscle memory tuned, like ultimate barrage to where I right. get my my counter up really high, and then I just unleash all of my magic spells and. And it does, like I can act, and because the numbers are so well um, shown and documented on screen, you know when a set of skills you're rolling with is working really well. So I'm enjoying that. From And you can refund whatever points you want at any time. No penalties. You don't even have to pay for them. So you can recycle your entire skill tree and start over. And I've done so several times. Um, so wait, when you say stance, so like, I thought the stances were kind of like the, the, like the icon stances. They are. I mean, you can take like one, like move from one icon and then put it on like a different sort Mm -hmm. of icons skill rotation. Yeah. So if say you have your Garuda stance and you want to use this certain ability that is like a counter ability, but you want it on your Phoenix stance, you spend whatever to upgrade it all the way. And then you can just, you can put it anywhere you want on any of those stances. So you can fully customize all of the skills. Oh, that's cool. Does it become like, okay, if we take like, they, they already spoiled all this stuff. You take like, titans you know defensive 
counter thing or whatever, mm-hmm. and you move it over to Phoenix, does it become like Phoenixified or does it? No, still... it's just a Titan ability. But it's, it's poopy. <laughs> but you know, but I guess I know, that's as for too much. <laughs> it would it would be interesting that way, but yeah. um, it it gives you a lot of customization, so that's yeah. really cool. I mean, I get it. So you can kind of just have your combos, right? You can fine tune anything that's not working well for you. And I've encountered multiple moments where I'm like, I like this stance, but I don't like having these two skills next to each other because I don't know, they, they do totally different things. And so you you want, you want there to be like a, almost like a final fantasy 14, how you can move your stuff around and, have it to where you have the perfect combo. Right. You know? So when I finally get into like my heavy combo, like this is, this is the moment, this is where I need to do as much damage as possible to the boss. I go into like this crazy muscle memory, freaking like attack, attack, switch stance, attack, switch stance, attack, attack, switch stance, attack, attack, like back to the first stance. And like, it's just, yeah. I don't know, but it works very well. Um, which brings me to what I really want to talk about. Why are people being so lame toward this game? It's like, it's surprisingly divisive, I've noticed. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I just haven't really seen. I didn't know there was anything. I don't know. It was divisive. I felt like it was kind of like. And I mean, that's, I mean, I, yeah, I don't do Twitter and stuff. So, yeah, I guess. Uh, I'm... Because I'm poisoned by the online. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So. I I mean, obviously it's there. Um, I just thought it was kind of like almost fell under the radar because there was so little chatter about it, or it was good enough. Um, yeah, it, but it's different. You know, it's different for the series. So even in my mind, uh, and I'm always going to give it a chance, and that's why I was so interested to hear your opinion about it because it it has changed the game no matter what. It's changed it like uh it, it almost went it i'm not almost it's gone completely left field from what the series was so that's going to attract negative and positive attention alike and i get that it's just i guess it's when i see extremes like oh worst combat system of any final fantasy i'm just like that's almost yeah. objectively wrong well that's that's people <laughs> that haven't played it probably and then just did you know you take like my first knee uh, jerk reaction is, wow, this is not the same and everything's yeah. changed. So some people probably will go, well, that's trash. I'm not going to touch it because they they ruined my childhood at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's it's a lot of that and the whole this doesn't feel like a Final Fantasy. And I don't think that's true, but... I guess I can wrap my head around how someone would would feel like it's a little diluted from Final Fantasy, but for me, I really like not justifying. Hard... Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. you know I think that that is wrong. You know, yeah, you should definitely play it. And then if that's the case, if you're a huge fan, you should play it all the way through and really give yourself <laughs> a a good amount of time to make a um make an a, an assessment of how you feel about the series going more with something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, there, there's a lot of criticisms I've agreed with, like, you know, you, you really dislike the lack of party. And I, I don't necessarily yeah. want to control other people in a game like this. I think that I just don't think that could work. I would like the ability to have more people traveling with you and you being able to like set up, give me a Donald, their, you know, yeah. Yeah. Give me a Donald and a Goofy, right? Right, the, right. The, the, right. The, and for the most part, you have them, but I mean, the dog. Take two dogs, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> two dogs would be great. Um, but as far as like the people that accompany you throughout the story, they're incident. Like, I don't notice them. Every now and then I see an attack they do, and I'm like, oh, you're still here. Okay. <laughs> and I really barely notice them. Um, yeah, I don't even like guest characters like that. Even if yeah. we're talking about like Kingdom Hearts, that does that, of course, all each, the time. Yeah, each place will have like a guest character. Um, Kingdom Hearts may be doing that somewhat the best, I guess, <laughs> that you can do with that sort of system. Just a little bit of micromanagement, I think, goes a long way. The other thing yeah. that 
it's not bothering me, but it does make me feel like there's some limitations. Like I can see some limitations and that's, um, you don't ever like you go to big cities, but you never go to big cities. You go to like a small dungeon that's representative of the large city or the capital city. But you know, like, and there's like five capital cities around this entire map. Right. And you go there to do like the main missions. It's and, but they really just present as dungeons. Like you go inside a castle and it's like a Final Fantasy 14 dungeon. You don't really feel a sense. You feel a sense that you've transported somewhere else, not that you've gone in a city and like walked through. Most of what you're seeing is fields and small villages or trading outposts. But you never get to this moment where you're like in the giant Final Fantasy city that you get to walk through. And I, I think which, that's just limitations of what they're trying to focus on. Yeah, which is kind of... Um... I don't know. I feel like big cities and stuff like that are kind of a part of Final Fantasy. You know, you always go to some, but like one or two big cities in the game, along with like smaller villages and stuff like that. And I I think that really helps with the immersion. So I could see where that would be immersion breaking. It's like, oh, yeah, going to this big city just for one little instance. Yeah. You know, let me like let that be the new sort of outpost is is this big city or something that i come back to to do like more side quests and stuff right and the only thing i can think of is just like it it was too resource intensive to and the fact that your character isn't really supposed to be in any of these places that he's going to he's very much an outlaw and of course (laughs) you know like you can imagine aren't they always you know yeah no but this guy's like he's like a like an anarchist outlaw. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like you are you are messing some shit up in this game. <laughs> but, you know, that's my that's my 16 update. I'm still enjoying the hell out of it. The story is great, voice acting is great. Um emotional beats hit for me. Uh so yeah. Should we go to our main event? We should. All should. right, everybody. Grab your stuff. Let's head over to the retrospective corner. Welcome back, everybody. We are here to talk about retro video game. Singular. This week, we are looking back at Gex Enter the Gecko. Or Gex 64, depending it, on how nasty you feel. Yeah, everyone's favorite wisecracking cinephile gecko. That was that was perfect. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, couldn't have described him better myself. I like, you know, I I remember it being kind of weird, but it's 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 so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I don't even know. I think they were really they were trying very hard to like make something, you know, like make make him the guy. But for sure, it just this, wasn't, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you remember, this was very quickly following um, Mario sixty four, where everybody was trying to make their three D platformer mascot. Um, so they were just coming out of the freaking woodwork, and yeah. for some reason, this was on my radar around that time. I rented it from. Right the old blockbuster several times yeah same <laughs> um and i guess something caught my eye with the whole i mean say what you will the f- different thematic worlds somewhat yeah. based around television and film are engaging like they're they're fun they're different you got your tune world and your um titanic world your halloween house all that stuff um you know, there was definitely some variety, at least. Yeah, there definitely was. Uh, it like, there's no way I would have gotten. I don't even know if I still get some of the jokes, but there's definitely. I think they were going for a more, not quite Conker's Bad Fur Day, uh, adult theme teenager, but not adult teenager theme sort of experience. But uh, yeah, definitely a more teenager 
adult mascot as opposed to a kid's, but one that like kids could play. It's similar to how, you know, a lot of like modern Pixar films and stuff, or I guess maybe they've always done this where they'll have adult jokes in there. Something some for the adults to get. Something for the adults that's not like outwardly raunchy. Yeah. Questionable. Well, this um, is filled with that, you know? It feels like this was a project created by a bunch of SNL writers room people. Yeah. <laughs> and they just like, like, what if we did voice lines for a game? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. And you're right. Like, how does, how did, that didn't really land for us back no then. Way. We just kind of, it was just like, whatever, doesn't matter. But I don't like know. Cheech and Chong references in the tomb world, you know? <laughs> but uh, you know what? This, that's a perfect, um, segue to i'm just going to clip a bunch of voice lines for him yeah. right here like well you know pause here and then boom you're gonna hear a bunch of voice lines because there's no i'm not gonna repeat them all yeah there's a lot yeah how was that are you tired yet <laughs> um just pretend that it happened in real time yeah no i i i, I get i get it uh yeah so yeah so Wisecracking. That, gotta, you know, everybody's favorite wisecracking gecko. Everybody's favorite. Except for nobody's favorite, right? Because it kind of America's just, sweetheart. It didn't hit the mark. I don't know. And what is he, a New Yorker? I, I just don't get it. <laughs> well, I got some background information here that we can go through real quick. So Gex or Enter the Gecko. Uh, subtitle Enter the Gecko is a 3D platformer released in 1998 and 99 for PlayStation and Nintendo 64. And was technically the second game in the series. Um, there was one, um, I guess, 3DO and something else um, that I don't... I think this was the jump to 3D, though, if I read correctly. Right. And it was right this after like, make Mario. And much of the humor, according to Wikipedia was um, <clears throat> kind of pulled from the Simpsons style uh, because Rob Cohen, the game's writer, had previously worked on the show. Why does that name sound so familiar? Rob Cohen, he's a, he's a comedy writer. He's been in a bunch of stuff, but he was... Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can imagine someone writing for the Simpsons and then coming over and writing for Gax, it makes it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Um. Another fun fact that I read, which this, you're probably the same as me. This never registered in, you know, when we were younger, because one, I wasn't going from 64 back to PlayStation and, and different things like that. But um, finding out how many games were restricted by the hardware limitations of the 64, you know, Tony Hawk is the infamous one, right. but apparently this one has like six less levels, but then was really? replaced by the by the exclusive uh, Titanic level or whatever that, that uh, yeah. So, okay. This was always, I always played the 64 version. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah so I really I, did. Uh, yeah. I don't think I realized that they were going off of that um, restriction or whatever, but yeah. Um, Makes sense, I guess. And the main reason I wanted to pick this one was because uh, limited run games recently announced that they're, going to be releasing a um a trilogy and a comp compilation of all the main three games on the new engine and what like a, the gex they're re-releasing the gex games yep all three of them <clears throat> the one that i never played this right. one and then deep cover gecko which was the third one so which was also on 64 and playstation so okay that's a really weird yeah i i don't think to I, dig back up <laughs> yeah I, I i just don't really i don't then again here we are playing it and making a uh you know a podcast episode about well, it i was so. morbidly curious about how it like yeah, why how game? what are you what you know <laughs> is this I the gem that was missing yeah i guess so like okay so the game plays like Hot okay, ass. but no, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. for for the time period, all right. Like maybe you don't remember. You should remember. You probably played more of these recently uh, in the past couple of years than I have. 
Yeah. The vast majority of them played like absolute garbage, you know? Yeah. So it isn't the worst. Yeah. No. Not the worst, I think. Um, I think I could have just used a little bit of context, right? Like, There's what the fuck nothing. is going on here? There's nothing. Like, what, 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 what am I doing? Why, why, why am I, why I am I a gecko? I think this was back when they would, either there was a, a cut scene that I totally missed, because I started this over twice, because I thought, they're just dropping me in. Surely, okay. there's yeah. a reason why I'm here doing this. You know, I should have gone and checked out the PlayStation version to see if there was something different. Because what I read was that he's watching TV and suddenly he gets sucked up into the TV and starts going through his favorite programs to try and escape. And so you're collecting these remote icons. It It's a it's nothing that's really you're missing, but it did provide you know, the setup. Yeah, would have been something, something instead of just being a drop. You're like in this central hub and you're just okay just do, get, maybe do, it's a cutscene maybe it's a cutscene that the 64 couldn't process and so they just took it yeah, off yeah that's like, oh, it that is interesting gonna have to check out the playstation version just to see if they have that cutscene there yeah or was yeah. it just uh like a they have like it in the book in the i remember yeah right it could just be straight up in the booklet Remember when they just printed stuff on the back of the box and were like, here's the context you need to play this game. Right. Um, Samus is a bounty hunter. So I think this game's controls suffer mostly from the worst camera I've ever seen. It snaps to like events, you know? So Mm. let's say a platform is moving. It'll really want to look at that even if you've already gone past that and now need to jump somewhere else right yeah and it'll just completely turn your direction in mid yeah and you're like yeah. oh great it's uh you just climb back up that it's everything that i've like come to expect from that era of gaming but it is some of the worst it, Sometimes it, you're just like, yeah. go to hell. I'm done. <laughs> no, I don't. It tries need... just way too hard to fucking to move. I don't get it. Yeah, you know? and it wants really that precision dumb. platforming. Like, um, I posted a TikTok this week. I saw, yeah, about the Titanic level. And I don't. Oh. So sometimes, like, your character is supposed to use his tongue to like help you whoop up onto ledges, but and sometimes, sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah, sometimes he just doesn't. And that Titanic level was the perfect, like everything you were jumping on was slippery. So if you didn't jump on it perfectly, you're going off of one side. And usually that means you're going to fall all the way back to the bottom. Yeah. And that was, that almost broke me. I was just like, I don't know if I want to deal with this anymore. This is, this is hot ass. It makes (laughs) you wonder how everybody's been playing that uh, only way up game. Is that what it is? Is it getting over it? Is it the no, one with the, getting the, over the uh is that getting over it? I don't know. The one where you just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. But is not it the, the guy that... is it the guy in the cauldron with the fire axe and he's just No, no, okay. it's a similar sort of thing. It's but it's uh um I'll I'll have to look it up. But uh... that's the game I thought of when I was trying to get up when I was trying to climb the goddamn Titanic. I was like, this is just getting over it. Like I'm I'm yeah. going to freaking lose my shit in two seconds i guess it's a game in a similar sort of uh spirit but uh you're literally just kid and you're climbing up random clutter of shit could just all up and up and up and up and up and up like like ridiculously high and then if you fall you can literally just fall all the way down to the bottom yeah so i guess it's in the spirit of getting over it that maybe it's just a newer title um yeah but yeah um camera issues were really bad in the haunted mansion just because i could never tell which room i was supposed to be going in and it would just constantly clip through like stairs and yeah the fact that there were and this is another nintendo 64 thing for sure but did you notice they just put fog and like black to to hide the draw distance but it's like five feet and i'm like you're in a completely internal area and you can't process the rest of that room? <laughs> That's insane. 
I don't know. Well, I think that was like they're them trying to set the ambiance, right? Like trying to make it mm-hmm. dark. So it it was more so it was probably like, why they did that instead of fog for sure. Yeah. But you know, it, I mean it's that area wonkiness. It's not like there was ambient lighting, you know. No, no. And I don't want to complain. Like I still love Goldeneye, and that has some of the worst draw distance of any game oh, ever yeah. made. But you know. Um, yeah, there's, I'm trying to, th- like, there's something still charming. Like I went back to the, the Toontown or Toon TV level and I was like, right. oh, I remember this one. This is, but every, interesting. Yeah. it's interesting, but yeah, everything kind of feels a little slapdash, like, you know, collect-a-thon, go find the purple mushrooms and balance on these teetering things and it's fine but yeah there's no payoff of like what you're um what you're accomplishing what you're gaining except for the collectathon aspect of it and then you get to that first boss fight and you're reminded oh uh this game has not aged very well how are they going to re-release this in 2023 <laughs> like i don't know are they literally just gonna uh, are they gonna touch it at all or are they just gonna release it as is? That's that's one of my biggest questions here because, and that's what I'm so intrigued by. It's like um, you normally when you do a remaster, you're not, you know, it's visual upgrades, it's you know audio and, and things like that. You're touching things up to, to you know, for modern consoles, right? But when you have to exclude content because it's racially offensive, like. You know, oh, we we have a yeah, battle the, with yeah. tribal, um, you know, figures. Or my the gasp I let out when I unlocked that door and walked in and was like, it was like the kung fu theater. I'm like, oh dear God, I won't be showing those parts of this. Yeah, but you know, you can that imagine is a really what good that looks question. Like. Are they literally just? I I would assume maybe some name changing might be might go on here. I don't know when it comes to the kung fu theater or whatever it's called uh name changing um dialogue is gonna or you know barks or whatever are gonna have to be adjusted for the, the record music... I, I did not get to this part so i i don't i don't exactly remember all of what that entails but just imagine every very offensive just imagine every late 90s asian stereotype that was commonly used in um film and tv and it's there it's you know it shows up just with no uh, just kind of relentlessly like oh my god (laughs) that's also where i stopped i was like yeah i'm I'm good yeah maybe not well hopefully they would change it and then i'm sure that's going to piss off people but you know i mean those people don't don't really matter i think if you're a if if the hill you're going to die on is gex enter the gecko (laughs) I feel really, really bad for you. <laughs> I, and you know there's going to be some people. There really is. Ah, <laughs> oh, cancel culture. Ah! Yeah, right? Yeah. Bring back the Kung Fu Theater, you cowards. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it really gives Mickey Rooney a run for his money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then you have you have the um the little one-liners that he drops every five seconds it feels like and and another restriction every and yeah yeah and the repeatedly 60, the 64 version apparently has way less one-liners than the playstation version which has like so over 100 more? yeah there's way more apparently um so that literally is the thing like that's the point of the game that, that he's a wisecracking it's that's <laughs> gecko we oh. just wanted to put in a bunch of um, very specific or, or not, you know, like references to the time. And sometimes it's just out of nowhere. It's like, this reminds me of being in C-list celebrities Halloween party. And I'm just like, who the, f- I still don't know who that is. What are you doing? <laughs> so I imagine us kids in 1999 didn't understand those references um are we going to understand them in 2023 
Uh, probably not. <laughs> no, because they, they, like they said, like a couple of things, like I don't know who these people are, or there's even in the Tomb World, he makes a Boy George reference. I'm like, yeah, and yeah, wow, that's uh, that that that's, that's a probably offensive, but <laughs> and then B, you know, really out of date. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. really out of date. He's like, I'm in somebody's pants or something like that. I'm he like, said oh. he's in boy. I feel like I'm in boy George's pants. Oh, is that who it was? Like, okay. He, yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, exactly. I don't understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure you me. do either. Yeah. But okay. And I mean, that's like, that's even out of date for the 90s, you know? Uh, yeah. And I will say, it did get me right off the bat though like i did laugh and only for the sheer ridiculousness of it but he popped in and on my way to run to the first level he just goes yeah baby yeah and i'm like like i didn't yeah, expect to turn and turn this on and immediately get an austin powers <laughs> yeah of course reference but that's what I I remember that. Like I definitely remember him saying that. So. I I immediately recalled that I was like, "Oh, that's right. Is the world ready for the return of Austin Powers impressions?" Did we ever Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe like you know, we can keep that one. Just we can keep that one. It's timeless. Mike Myers yeah. is timeless. Yeah. Maybe maybe they'll insert like a Shrek reference and still. I mean, this be... was before it was like beaten to death, you know. Yeah. Right. Well, ninety eight. Yeah, I guess so. it probably had come out like the year before or something, and it was right. You know, they'll, if they'll anything, put... it's impressive that they put it in there so quickly. I will say, if they refresh the voice lines, for. I wouldn't even want modern day references. I would still want like 10 year old references. <laughs> I think that's the best way that you can handle this. Like, yeah. Just get rid of the, get rid of like the 20 year old, 30 year old references, maybe. Yeah. But they're not remaking it. So I have no idea what that's going to. I, I think they're just going to just put it out there. Maybe, they maybe that use... is the best way to do it. I don't know. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I I just I know this is probably an easier um you know grab as in terms of rights but god there's so many platforms platformers you would expect to be revived before this one looking at you banjo kazooie that was exactly what was on my mind too yeah I'm like you can get those on Xbox and it's basically just a port but, yeah. Oh my gosh, a, a good remaster of that would be insane. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But I don't know, like, how well can you remaster old platforms? Right? Yeah. Like, they had a certain quality to them. They did. And part of it was their just, their 90s jank, you know? But I wouldn't yes. mind them getting rid of that completely. But I feel like if they get rid of that completely, they have to do a lot more work with the with the structure of the game yeah i mean because you're right platformers have changed a lot i mean they're not that common um but i'd say like the definition has widened a little more like would you yeah. call uncharted a platformer i don't know but like I, mean, I guess that's kind of like the modern idea of what a platformer is you know yeah they just don't seem built to to throw too much challenge at you from the precision part of it. Yeah. These days, a lot of games do what they can to make a jump from point A to B. If you want to look at the most rudimentary definition of a platformer as easy as possible, unless it's like a yeah. 2d, you know, retro inspired platformer. Um, Cause I think people, uh, game developers realize that that's just more frustrating and less more like, I don't, I've never felt super accomplished about making an annoying jump, you know? No, I mean, you know, you have something like Mario and that's a little different because it's like every 3d Mario kind of keeps that concept fresh. Like Mario Odyssey had great platforming challenges and they managed to work in the, you know, the hat 
yeah. mechanics very well. well I, with that. Yeah, I think that's like more so the um the the depth of your mechanics, right? And mm-hmm. how you can go about solving a puzzle is is a little ridiculous and the amount of different ways you can kind of do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so you I know, think I just, that's why that feels very satisfying. Yeah. I just remembered two modern examples off the top of my head. Um Psychonauts 2 is an excellent game and a really good example of taking like a PlayStation 2 era platformer and bringing it to the modern age Um, because it never felt like there were some challenging sections, but it didn't feel like they were just trying to ruin your day with impossible platforming challenges. Um, And then that game, It Takes Two, which is like a co-op platformer. um, That one's really good. There's really great mechanics in both of those. But yeah, I don't know. Never played uh psychonauts psychonauts too is 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 i know people like yeah it's kind of uh at least the first one it's definitely like a cult classic sort of game yeah and this was like a huge crowdfunded thing that took you know almost a decade to really work through and they finally released it and it was just i don't know it it it's one of the best examples of reviving a series like that and just doing it so well i will have to check that out but yeah, it's a good. I, I I do think. I do think the element of challenge has shifted so much in gaming from where, you know, at one point in time it was in there to literally get more credits from someone. It's like we want we want games to be challenging because we, we need yeah. people <laughs> to pay quarters to keep playing. Um, and then when it got to like home console, just like, unfair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And the home console is just like, well, we want it to be challenging so they don't beat it in five minutes. And their $100 cartridge that they just bought isn't, you know, useless. Right. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, again, we can go back to a lot of what made platformers um, could make some platformers more difficult in the 64 era is really technical limitations. You know, it's the cameras. It's it's it's. It's things not quite like working right. You know, when we jump, uh, make a big jump or something like that in a modern game, I mean, the game basically kind of snaps you onto that next platform, you know, yeah, especially yeah. when you're grabbing onto a ledge or something like that. And like while, I mean, out and pulls you it, it, it kind of messed with the, there. there's things like the animations and stuff and a lot of tricks mm-hmm. that they just play to make that look more, uh, more natural. Um, true, true. And I mean, in this case, and you know, I mean, making the jump isn't necessarily the important part of that game, you know. But no, no. In this case, where making that jump is the point of the whole game, and then it kind of suffers from bad camera angles and slippery. The the game doesn't really want to help you too much, right? No, no. Obviously, it can a lot of the times in like Gex, you know, he can use his tongue to really grab onto ledge, but sometimes it just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's like just a technical limitation there. It could be a bug. They can't patch games, right, after they come out, too. That's they can't big... fix issues. Yeah, and I mean, you even go back to something like Mario 64 and you can see the age. It's It's still stronger than most of the time, but... You know, it's not the easiest game. To, and, you know, don't forget the fact that all of these were played on one of the most ridiculous controllers of all time. But, you know, Mario 64 has its itch- issues with collision and slippery Holy. textures and all that stuff. And, yeah, it just changes with time. Um, Jedi Survivor, well, Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor have a lot of platforming in them. That's what um, I was about to think. Yeah, they definitely And there's do. still some jank in those games. <laughs> there sure is, right? yep especially the first one. Oh yeah oh my god yeah the sliding at the end of that game i was just like please stop making me do slide challenges mm-hmm. like they're not working yeah <laughs> just stop it um yeah let me see if i have anything else to say about this i think we've pretty much covered what was your favorite level out of the ones that you did 
I didn't, or, you know, I didn't get through like too, too much. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just like the tomb world. That was interesting, I guess. Yeah, I think I think that was the high point for me too. It was kind of vibrant. I mean, having things like uh, you wearing the uh, Bugs Bunny suit, right? Mm-hmm. And then they happen to have the uh, Elmer Fudd guys in there. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was a pretty cool reference. I um, I I don't. I guess because it was Titanic, it just stuck out in my head more. That level is garbage. <laughs> From the fact that you have to like swim around underneath the semi-sunken Titanic in the worst water level I've ever played, and then you do this impossible climbing challenge, which <laughs> is like, yeah, I hate this. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to go back to play it, just to play the level. But I don't you know. Just, I feel like I gotta like yeah. Watch check. my video, and that pretty much shows you how ass that is. Yeah, there we go. If you don't really want to play, or you play and you're like, this isn't for me, and just let's go go watch go watch the podcast you're already watching. And you might see it come up right here at some point. I'll try to clip it to where it's it's right here, but you know, it's not but, good. All things considered, I think one of the main things is just like it does have some good elements going for it, but I don't know with like level design. Yeah, there's so many games to just do that so much better. So much like better. do everything that like is going on here like a lot better. It's clearly somebody was just like, yeah, we're gonna get you know a Simpsons guy to come in, write some stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be funny, right? Blow a bunch of money on that and cocaine. And then, you know, with whatever's left, we'll piece together a game. I think they blew the cocaine up front while yeah. making this game, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I, would, I would probably relate this closer to Banjo-Kazooie, and that's the thing. It's like Banjo-Kazooie is such a strong game compared to this if you're, if you're going for a collect-a-thon. Okay, maybe um, we'll have to play that next. Uh, we might but have But from what I remember, you know, that was just a fun experience. Mm-hmm. all the way through gex was like something like wow this is really interesting you know like me as a child i i i like like this especially since i'm a young boy like i love lizards lizards <laughs> i love know? lizards and yeah, austin powers and yeah here we are these are all the things that's all i understand about this game but and referential humor every crawl on this wall yeah that actually i was i was I was impressed by the wall crawlability. I forgot about it. That works really well. Like, and the camera is very disorienting, but it actually is cool. But it gives you the idea that you're actually exploring, yeah. you know, different perspectives. Like, that was the cool part. Um, yeah. But the referential humor, yeah. I'm, I am excited for this re-release because I just want to see how they do that. And if they don't, I want to see the blowback from them including super racist caricatures in a 2023 re-release. Oh, yeah. How about video game releases of the time? Since that was, that seems like a really good inclusion. Um, I went with 1999 because we reviewed 98 last time. And yeah. it was technically also released in 99. So I'm going with that. So we have some new games. Um, Final Fantasy VIII is the first one that caught my eye. Um, Interesting, uh, you know, coming off from Final Fantasy VII, that's going to be one of the hardest releases of all time. Yeah. And you Grand either Theft- love it or you hate it. You either love it or you hate it. Or, yeah, you either bought that and then your parents were like, all right, we'll go trade this in and we'll get you Gex instead of Final Fantasy Eight. Is that what happened? <laughs> no. <laughs> God, that would be terrible. Oh, um, why would you do that? <laughs> just imagining <laughs> that that was somebody's weekend. Um, all right, then that's you got a, Gran- that's a bad weekend. A bad weekend. You got Gar- Grand Theft Auto Two. So a little interesting to think that we hadn't even. I mean, obviously we hadn't gotten into the three D Grand Theft Autos, but right. You know, uh, System Shock Two. God, that's that old. Yeah. Can yeah. they just redo that? I don't. I don't know. They just re-released the um, System Shock 1 did like a full remake. Right. And I believe System Shock 2 is getting one as well. But I, I have to... Like, I've never even played or know anything about the series. 
I've watched some gameplay on it. Um, from what I know, System Shock Two is the one that's you know it's got the accolades and everybody lords it as pretty much the start of the perfect um, Im- immersive sim genre, like Dishonored really? and all that shit. I think I think that's what it's called. Um, hey. Resident Evil Three, Nemesis. Ooh. You know, pretty much. So it's a very weird year for gaming. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, platformer, Donkey Kong 64. Well, there you go. Good luck, Gex. Now we know why it really didn't do any well. Like Donkey Kong came out with GK, Donkey Kong, and us as kids were like, yeah, I want that. The, Give me that. The Kong rap really set the bar high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm, not, I'm not even kidding, you know. No, like no. you know, we were kids, right? It was a big, it was a big deal. It was as a big flawed deal. as that game is. It was a big deal. And yeah. remember, it was the whole like campaign where you have to get the expansion pack because this is, you know, this is bringing the N64 to the next level. Yeah. And and you you know you put a little red. Understand what that was? Yeah. Processor? I don't know. <laughs> Shove yeah, it it's the... like a memory card, basically. Yeah, yeah. Is what it was. So it expanded the the memory because Donkey Kong clearly had, uh, you know, was exceeding what the N64 was capable of. Here was a weird moment I had um, last year. My original N64 stopped working, wouldn't read cartridges anymore. Uh, really? Real bummer. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. And so um, our good friend Blaine, uh, Kindly donated his old N64, which is in perfect working condition. And I turned it on to play, I think, Donkey Kong 64. And it it wouldn't work because it didn't have the expansion pack. And I was like, how do you have an N64 without the expansion pack? And so I had to, like, pop them open and move my expansion yeah, pack yeah. over. And I was just like, what did I just do? <laughs> Hack the system. It was like 2021. And I'm like, I am... I'm, Installing an expansion pack in an N64. That is a little crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have one, you'll never be able to play Donkey Kong. Unless you emulate it. Yeah. There's no other way. No, there's no other way. This was also the launch year of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Wow. Yeah. Absolute banger that that was. I'd call that a platformer. That's the only time where platforming is supposed to be difficult. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've saved a really good one for you. With and what? The next, well, you'll see. I've, I've put it last. Toy Story 2 Buzz Lightyear. Okay, which okay. I think is a better platformer than this game. Uh, Super Smash Bros. The wow. original. Yeah, yeah. Man, 99, we were living it up. We were. I think this this started a lot of things, you know, like Tony Hawk's, Smash Bros. Come on, Pokemon Snap. Anybody? (gasps) Great game, great game, great game. game. Oh man, this is a good time. Then I remember like all this. I just remember like all these coming out and me playing them and be like, "Wow, this is (laughs) this this is it. This is life. This is just like everything's just gonna be sunshine and rainbows from here." Because wow, yeah. Gaming is just tight. And then the PlayStation 2 came out, and I, I was just like, I don't know what life is anymore, because this is the best. Um, the Dreamcast Swan Song, I think, maybe. I could be making that up. Shenmue? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you're probably right. It kind of is think, a Swan Song. I think that was like the last big release of a game, of that system. I feel like it's going to be so dated, but one of these days, I just need to sit down and play all of those. I'm pretty sure I have them on computer. Every time I think about it, I'm like, or I could just play another Yakuza game. Like, yeah, is, that, is that the... But I don't know. I need to well, try... Are they better? Yeah. Like, I don't know. People really love those games. It's almost in the same sort of idea, right? I think Shenmue but... has a mundane quality to it that people really enjoy, similar to how, you know... I'm a huge fan of Animal Crossing. Not that those games are comparable, but Shenmue, unlike Yakuza, isn't about the outrageousness. More or less, it's like a slice of life sim, I guess. Yeah. 
I mean, it's outrageous in a lot of parts, but yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. No. Drum roll. Legend of the Legend Dragon. Of Dragon. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> what? I know what year that releases. Actually, I thought it was like 98 or 97. Yep. Best year of gaming of, of like all time. Matt's, close to it. Matt's Desert Island game, Legend yeah. of the Dragon. <laughs> it's another one of those games where I'm like, Quinn, how have you not played this game? How much do I need to rave about this before you pick it up and decide to play it? Like, my God. If they released it on the PlayStation Store, I would... I think it, I think it is really. I think they did actually do that. You're a dirty liar. I really want it on, like, Steam. But, yeah, I mean, go check. I, th- I really think they actually released it on the PlayStation Store. We'll see. I'll look. I'll look today, I promise. Um... <laughs> Do you think Gex, Enter the Gecko, is better than any of the games that I just read to you? No, I think it's probably one of the worst. <laughs> I it I I don't I don't I don't know. Uh, I didn't no, even try to pick really good ones. I just picked the first ones I saw that I recognized, and I was like, and some shit. of those are so ridiculously good. But like, hey, let's do let's just compare it. Okay, we're we're gonna have to play Donkey Kong. Right, 64. Or at least I'm going to have to play Donkey Kong 64. I, that that is hard cool. to return to because of how um, just obtuse the character thing is, where you have to like go and switch and then go back and re. It, it's just that game is in desperate need of a remaster to be, to basically be like a really good game. Because, but I, I think we could probably still get the gist if we return yeah. to it. I just remember that having like more style to it, um, mm-hmm. being a more memorable experience than Gex. For sure. You know, I mean, everything else, it's uh, certainly no Legend of the Dragon. I'll tell you <laughs> that much. It's certainly no Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. He didn't even make it into Super Smash Bros. So, I mean, that should tell you. Put Gex in Smash Bros, you cowards. Right. I don't, don't have everybody. Who owns with this Midway, right? It's Mid- Midway's not around anymore. Think, no, Midway's not around anymore. Um, well, I guess if uh, if um, Limited Run is re-releasing it, oh my God, who owns Gex? I don't know. Square, I thought because Square Enix. I mean, they do own a lot of weird shit. Well, it was created by Crystal Dynamics. But that was I was like I saw Crystal Dynamics. I'm like, Crystal Dynamics. Why do why does that sound so familiar? That had to be before. Oh, and then Crystal Dynamics Three is owned by Embracer Group, but I don't even think they have rights to this anymore. So I guess Square Enix or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's gotta be Square Enix. There's been so many um absorptions in the last three years that Embracer Group owns like everyone. They I think they bought like all of the Square Enix affiliates in north america or something like that i could be totally wrong but that's just what i have on the top of my head whenever they do whenever they do you mean like recently are they the who bought like tomb raider and all that good stuff that was embracer yeah okay yep and they shut down a bunch of people too very weird square enix very very weird very weird all right. Well, um, I think that about does it for Gex. Totally necessary to return to this game, I think, especially before the re-release. Yeah. Um, we are going to do some deliberating, and we will find out what to focus on next week. Um, and then I know we also have Armored Core coming out soon. So, is that soon? We may be doing an episode for that one. Not to mention Baldur's Gate 3, you know, if anybody is interested. Yeah. I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of interested. Okay, so Armored Core releases on the 25th. So you can probably Is it really coming out that soon? Yeah, we got got a month. Oh, Um, definitely going to be playing that. So we're we're working more. We will work in more of these retrospective episodes in the meantime because I don't know that we have another huge release coming up that we need to devote an entire episode to. 
Um, yeah, we'll just keep playing all the old games so you don't have to. Yeah. Uh, and we might, you know, we might stick with the 64 for next week because we were talking about some platformers. It might be fun. Um, I do want to get into the Super Nintendo era or the Genesis era at some point. So that could be coming up. And if you have ideas for, if anybody has an idea for something they want us to return to and cover, um, email it to nerdinggrounds at g- the nerdinggrounds at gmail.com or leave a comment on YouTube. And uh, we will definitely try to work that request in and talk about a game that y'all would want to hear about. Well, all right. Thanks, Matt. This was fun. Yeah, it was all right. <laughs> Black. Black. Thanks, everybody. Please have yourselves a wonderful weekend, flash week, and be kind to one another. Bye. Bye bye.